Converting leads, closing deals, and performing amongst the top salespeople in your industry require more than just talent and experience. Hear from the best as we discuss the proven formulas they use to generate new leads and close deals on the science of business development. Hi, I'm Greg DeKalb, founder of Appointments IQ, co-founder of Tony P's Networking Events. And this is the science of business development. Today, I'm joined with good friend, business partner, Shana Primage. Shana brings so much knowledge when it comes to event marketing. We've been working with her for the last couple of years for Tony P's Networking Events. So creative, so many ideas, packs the house. And as we all know, there's secrets to all of this. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to take a minute and take a little bit of a step back with Shana here. Because we've been working together for how many years now? Uh, maybe almost two. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been a while. And I don't, I mean, the two of us, we're like, we're very go, 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 go. And you have to be in the event world. Absolutely. You know, you have to be on your toes. You got to think quickly. You got to be a problem solver and all these different things, right? Um, and that's where we focus. But I don't, I don't know if we've ever like just sat down and like said, okay, Hey, where'd you come from? <laughs> you know, what was your history before you, you know, before all of this? Yeah, I'd like to just uh, learn a little bit about you and and understand, okay, where did all this secret sauce come from that, that I'm seeing <laughs> right sauce. now? Um, so I am um, one of many children. I'm one of six. And um, we went to school in uh, Lombard, Illinois is where I grew up, like heading out that way. All the families here in the city in Chicago, so it's just a nice way to grow up with with everyone around all the time. So born, raised, through yes. and through Chicago in here. One million percent through Fam and through. School all here, everything. Yes. Family, most of them are around the area, yes. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So so then, going back to you know the high school days and the college days and things like that. Now I'm seeing you. You're promoting massive events, but it. Didn't start there, obviously, and there. Usually, what I find is that there's there's things in people's past that you know that led them to where they are today. So, can you help us understand maybe some of those things you got involved with that listeners today want to you know pick up some of that early experience? What would you recommend? Um, well, I've always kind of been a creative, I guess okay. you can say. You know, from the time when I was really little to. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone remembers Punky Brewster, but oh my oh, gosh. God, yeah. Okay. So I was obsessed yeah, okay. and I would like redesign my clothing and I would like gem things up and bedazzle items. Um, just that creative piece right okay. there of myself. And then at like when I got to, to school, um, I joined a couple of committees. Um, one of them was like yearbook and I would walk okay. around and I guess you could call me a content creator back in those days. <laughs> um, cause I would capture like photography and then I would collage things together and make really fun collages for the yearbook. So that started for me at a really young age, like doing some creative pieces there. Um, and I've always just been a loud person, you know, <laughs> just because I don't know if it's just like the whole idea of, of being the fifth of six kids in the house. Um, so I've just always been loud, which I think gives people really good energy and like being around me. And so it just makes sense that I'm in, in, in like the forefronts of events. No, that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, kind of the takeaway for me on that piece was, is if you want to, if you want to be a, a certain person or, or what have you that you aspire to be, let the family know, Yes. you know, and, and because family is one of the, those are the first people that champion you. 
when you start taking those risks, you know, and they're the ones that are going to also tell you the truth if it's something you should do or probably not do, Absolutely. you know, to some extent. So that's really cool. So yeah, my sisters do not hold back. So, <laughs> okay. So you're getting really good, uh, Always. constructive criticism yes. as we'll, we'll put it politely uh -huh. probably. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, cool. So, so now, um, you're doing, you're going through school, you're being involved. Um, what's that like for you? Um, well, you know, I had a son at a pretty young age, like in my senior year of high school. So really? that okay. really held me back. I could say not, I enjoyed raising him, but like as far as the social aspects mm -hmm. of joining things, it was, I was really held back because I had other responsibilities that wow. weren't just school. And yeah. so that was hard to manage, but I was able to be a full-time student, um, raise a child with family support, because it does truly take a wow. village. Yeah. And I also, um, you know, on like for my side gig for like work at that time, I started email marketing and promotions at nightclubs really? like, at the age of like 17, 18 years old. Oh my God. And I was like in the city doing, yeah, bar from bartending to collecting email addresses for like they I mean my literal joke was called like house hustler for whatever like just oh getting like the highest rings um to no matter what like kind of job I did in the club that night like from selling jots to bartending um to even just collecting email addresses to throw parties and events for birthdays and that was at like 17 18 years old that's incredible okay Believe so I so <laughs> I I don't know if I heard that whole story before, but man, that actually answers so many questions for me right now. So <laughs> thank you for thank you for sharing that. Um, but that's amazing. So um, you you've had you had Jaden, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and you're probably on your typical path of you know going to school, college, these yeah. type of things, right? And then obviously this became your priority, and you adapted. Yes, it absolutely. sounds like mm -hmm. it's like okay, I'm I'm raising Jaden. And I know I need to provide and you found out how to work around that. Like, you know, maybe the, the nightclub thing may not be the first thing people think about for a, a mother, but the way I would think about it is the hours. A hundred percent. That's it's, the only way, way it worked out for me is I could do it on the nights and weekends and I only needed two days a week and I was making, I mean, and you're you making good money yeah. without like the proper, yes. all the other proper channels of mm -hmm. education and what everything else. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Like killer money. And I was able to be loud. I learned a lot about marketing and you know, you just learn a lot about like promotion and my space was a thing at that time. I would promote that I was at work. I mean, it was a whole, that started really young. Okay. And so, you know. No, that's a, uh, that's amazing. So, so now you're doing this promotion thing. You're, you're raising Jaden. Um, at that time, this is, you're going to St. Benedict? Is that oh, it? no. At that time, I was at DePaul University. You're at DePaul? Yeah, okay. for undergraduate school. Mm -hmm. ah, nice. And what were you studying? Uh, marketing, of course. Of course. <laughs> marketing. Great. So now you're, you're just full on living the city life here. You're going to the city school. Mm -hmm. So help me understand, when did that tr start to translate into a corporate career for you? And how did, how did you, how were you able to navigate all that? Um, well, it was definitely not easy I okay. mean, to navigate just like all the responsibilities, but mm -hmm. I really didn't work any formal job besides just kind of like being in the, like the bartending that industry for mm -hmm. years Okay. Um, until I really graduated. And then I had like my first like big girl job, you can call it was when <laughs> I started working at, um, Mario Tricocci. 
Ooh, okay. um, and that was like after undergrad. Okay. And I remember being like dissatisfied with pay because when you compare it to like being in the industry, you know, I was like, okay, but this is like what it's going to take. It was a, like a more corporate environment um, with a lot of structure, completely different hours, you know, and I adapted very well. I actually did very well there. Yeah. And that's kind of what, uh, that's, that's what I find about, uh, you know, individuals that later on become really good at business development and promoting events, et cetera, is that they went out and they did it. They're hustling, they're entrepreneurs, they're making ends meet, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They put themselves, uh, in that environment. Um, so, and then in terms of now you're working for Mario Chikosi. Mm -hmm. Okay. And tell us a little bit about that experience. It was actually really great. I wanted to just work like in, I, you know, I didn't do hair. I didn't have like that experience, but I knew I loved fashion. I loved beauty. I loved that industry. So I wanted to just like grow, just be there and grow mm -hmm. with the company. And at that time I was super young. So every entry level position for me, I was trying to be strategic about a little bit, but um, I grew really quickly there, like okay. into like management. And the reason being is because they had all these like packages and stuff that they would try to sell um, their clients. And I was uh, really great at scoping, like literally analyzing customers. Okay. Like you spend this dollar amount here already. You're silly not to just buy this prepackage because then you end up getting this one service for free. Like you should just do that. <laughs> and they're like, I totally should. I had no idea. Like nobody marketed it to me. Nobody targeted me for this. I yep. wouldn't have known. So I just immediately started doing that with like every client that would walk in every, we call them guests. And, um, that revved me up into like a lot of sales. And I started managing the sales and guest services for like the largest location in the Midwest, which was their Oak Brook location. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's amazing. And Normally, when you think of sales and you think of business development, like I'll go, I'll reflect a little bit on where my experience, I got my start selling Yellow Page advertising at R.H. Donnelly, you know, and that's very traditional. So that's what, you know, what a lot of people would think of going and knocking on the doors, you know, getting a million no's or what have you. Um, but that's more of like the cold calling and the more of the, yeah, sales, sales. Uh, kind of what you were explaining with Mario Jacosi is is your your guest services. You're making people feel good. You're creating an experience for these people. You're getting them excited whenever they're in there. You're making the suggestions or what have you, and then you're upselling. Oh yeah, to an extent, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, and it sounds like there was even a little <clears throat> bit of a of a of a science behind that to some extent. Like you, you help me understand like how that whole sales scenario kind of came together. Like, would you invite the guest? You knew who was coming and the team members were kind of decide on, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to communicate with these people? Who's going to work with who? Yeah. Help us understand that sales environment. So, um, not to completely toot my own horn, but we're just going to do it because the honest truth is, is that I, um, saw this, like the packages and what they had to offer clients who were like more, retentional based. Mm -hmm. Um, and I owned it myself. I Got completely it. would analyze the data myself. Like okay. we, we had the customers who already booked for that day. You know, yep. we would put notes in their stuff like, Hey, they come in here all the time for the service and this service, you know, this series package would be best for them. And we would offer it to them and they'd buy, or they, you know, maybe they can't commit at that time, but you know, in the beauty world, retention is everything because okay. You know, you get your group on and, you know, everyone's offering manicure, pedicures, hair cuts, you know, to everyone. And you have people that bounce around. But, you know, the real true for us, like in the beauty world is retaining that customer. Yep. And then they 
refer people to that one client or I'm sorry, to that one, um, you know, hairstylist or, you know, whatever the service provider is. And that is how those individuals grow and then they mm-hmm. become a huge asset to that salon or that place. So I would like to say that I actually fully came up with how to analyze them on mm-hmm. my own. I had no support from their corporate office on that. Um, I was just like a guest service rep and I would just start doing this. And as the trend set, then I had, I headed up myself wow. for the entire corporation. That that's phenomenal. So see there, there it is innovation. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and don't be afraid to put a process around things that seem very obvious to you. Cause if it's obvious to you, it's definitely, you know, it's yeah. probably obvious to a lot of people, but whoever's going to, who's going to make the initiative and, and, and do it. And then obviously that person's going to reap the rewards. It yeah. sounds like it, it elevated your career a little bit oh, yeah. uh, from, from just taking a little bit of initiative and putting yourself out there. So I want to go back a little bit, though, about the about the guest relations piece, because this is you bring up an excellent point, And this is something I want to drive home for the audience and the viewers is when we talk about new business development and we talk about retention. Just remember, it takes seven X as much to get a new customer than it does to keep a current client happy. So whenever a current client is giving you some frustrations or what have you, take a step back, remind yourself, okay, if I if something goes wrong here, it's going to take me seven times the effort to get a new client versus just making this individual happy and giving them an amazing experience. And then like what you were saying, it's all about the referral. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And and really just like even just guest services, like I would have these workshops I would throw with the guest service team and we'd walk through like client experiences. And um, yeah, so dealing with experiences and marketing like from that time is really what set the tone for me to like take off in a career. And I loved that industry, Mm -hmm. even though because it was like fashion and beauty. It was like all the things that that like at that age, like all I wanted to be in. And I loved it. That's amazing. And and that's something that, you know, a lot of people, they need to understand if they want to get into, you know, beauty, fashion, events, because it is, it's, it's glamorous, you mm-hmm. know, uh, there's a lot of work. It's no different than any other business or any other industry. It's just a little bit more glamorous or what have you, but it's tough to get into, Yeah, you know? So it's important that if that's something that you want to do, you, you got to find you know, that yearbook committee, you need to find your, your yearbook committee one way or another, you know, like Shana did and start getting involved and start teeing yourself up for these type of things. So now we're at Marsh Cosi, you're, you're breaking all the records. Everything's going great. <laughs> you're redefining the company here. Um, so when does the event start coming into play? Well, I, we would always do like in-salon okay. events, like okay. guest services would always do like in-salon events. Those are really fun. And again, it was like back to those, you know, get making phone calls to our clients and letting them know like we're doing something that you'd be interested in, like come in. We didn't have like anyone telling us like no one was email marketing based on location or, mm-hmm. you know, cause you have like 20 something locations. No one's email marketing based on like each location. So, um, it was very uniform across kind of like, you know what you see now with the bigger companies. Mm-hmm. Like if you're having like a, a one store is having an event, no one knows you kind of got to call your clients and you are kind of in charge of keeping that under wraps, like mm-hmm. knowing who that is. Um, so yeah, I started doing events then. And then, um, I left Mario Chicochi and still try to stay in the beauty industry. And it, that did not really, 
it just didn't work. I, I wasn't okay. transitioning. I was ready to do something else. Yeah. And um, that's when I got like, I would say um, my a big bite for like a much larger corporation, a global company. Wow. Uh, and okay. that's really where the events, it's really where all that really started to take off for me. And that was really, yeah, it's still the best for me. Like that's, it was still really fun compared to now. That's That's amazing. Yeah, because whenever you get into that corporate environment, one of the things that's nice is you got budgets and these type of things. Totally. So like you get to do your entire vision, you know, yes. versus like the entrepreneurial world, you have to get extremely creative because the budget's not there, but you still want to, you know, have the same type of production. So I totally understand what you're saying there. Um, but help us understand what is what what is corporate event planning like, or what is uh you know setting up some of these crazy conferences that you were doing and these type of things. Yeah, so when I started transitioning to working for like a global company, mm -hmm. and it was a plastic company, so it was just so large, and there was so much. Um, there were so many industries within, you know, so the company that I worked for was called Ineos Revolution and they had, um, they were like an ABS, like raw mm -hmm. material company. And okay. so like, or one, one of the clients was like Lego. Wow. Okay, okay. How fun is that? That we have like the secret sauce and the manufacturing and like we supplied Lego with their raw material to make wow. the plastic yeah. that they make. So really fun. Some of the, you know, the parts, but otherwise super boring. Um, okay. so I'm happy that I had this, <laughs> the fun job because yeah. I actually had like the events and like, I wasn't, you know, behind the computer doing oh, people the budgeting. Loved you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I also wore many hats. I was, um, an executive partner okay. with the company. So I actually supported like, um, the president, I supported legal counsel. I supported, uh, like, procurement and logistics. Mm -hmm. I supported like a lot of the big heads in the company mm -hmm. along with the VP of sales and um, the uh, vice president of another industry, um, another area. And so that's where the real fun came in is because the president and the sales teams, like they needed round the clock trade show planning. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, we were doing Just all like, over the world, right? Oh yeah. All over the so, place. Like yeah, I would, us, I would plan events. Like, yeah. Although we were a global company, we were split up in regions. I had like a North America and South America, but okay. that did not take me away from like planning stuff in Germany wow. um, because we'd have to like, so sometimes the America's region was like hosting events in other countries or, you know, so I would, I would event plan in Germany. I'd event plan in uh, Singapore. I'd event plan in China, at Brazil, like all over the world. Amazing. And, you know, I often needed translators. I would try to learn different languages all the time. Like um, Portuguese and Spanish was big for me. Even speaking like some German um, was big. But yeah, when you're talking global, it was just the budgets, you know, there was, you didn't really have to pay attention to that. That wasn't as serious unless something was wild. Yeah. Making it, making it happen without. And I was know. still, that's where I learned my huge negotiating skills though. Okay. I mean, for negotiating down events and like minimums and just making. So even though you had good. the budget, you were still respectful of it. Oh yeah. That. Okay. Absolutely. And I wanted to, I wanted to save the company money. I wanted to be able to do more with our money. Um, and not be capped out just because we spent so much on food and beverage or something. You know, I had to get wow. very creative just even with our budget. So that's really where like the big events started taking okay. off. And so trade show designing, like the booths, the strategy behind that, like go higher or go, you know, like if you have a small space registering for the trade mm -hmm. show and then like all the hotel stuff. I mean, I touched everything when it came to that. And, and you know, even down to like team activities, team building activities on four day conferences for like the sales team, um, leadership conferences, 
all over the place, like traveled everywhere, took my second son with me everywhere because I had him and I was oh my nursing and had to do the whole thing and take him on the road and take a nanny. But like, I mean, it was, it was super great. It was a great experience for me, but I knew I needed to stop traveling so much. Yeah. I okay. knew I needed to be in Chicago and I need to be local. And I was, I started to side hustle. I started to <laughs> side hustle, like, you know, like event planning and it got weird you know, to do that. If you're watching this side hustle responsibly. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't, yeah. Use a conference room at your corporate office to take other calls because it would, there was so much overlapping that I had to make a decision. And that, and that, and that does happen, it you know, does. and, and a lot of people's entrepreneurial careers begin with, uh, you know, kind of a hobby kind of thinking, okay, wait a second, I can kind of do this. This mm -hmm. is exciting to me. And then you draw back to the family and how they were like, Hey, I thought you were going to do this and that whenever, you know, and then it's kind of like, all right, maybe I should, maybe I should put some fillers out there and see how this, see how this thing takes off and what, what happens with it. So, um, share with us what, what, where did, uh, it, it, so the side hustle grew into something and it yeah, overtook. Yeah, it did. I started doing a lot of, I mean, maybe, maybe four events a year, okay. like on the side, maybe not okay. even, um, but they were large and I would okay. charge percentages. So they were large events Perfect. and they would take like six, seven, eight months, nine months to plan. So there was a lot of like, uh, you know, runway time there, but um, yeah, it just started to get like, I would, you know, promote that I do this through like Upwork or whatever those freelance, mm -hmm. all those freelance opportunities, um, options out there, like on websites. And then I would also get referrals and it just became this thing. So I started to, I started to like take calls in my car all the time. And then I was using vacation time to travel for another conference. Like, oh my God. I mean, it just got unmanageable. And I knew I was like, I'm at that pivotal point of either I go on my own okay. and take the risk. Okay. Or I sit in my corporate job and stop taking clients on the side because I okay. can't go ethically the way I want to go anymore. Right. Like I cannot right. do both. And right. I even noticed I started to lose interest in my corporate job. Like yeah. I didn't want to come in. I wanted to work from home and I started to dabble with those ideas. Um, my boss has traveled all the time. So yep. I was like, I don't even know why I'm in the office. There's no reason to be here. And I got it. I started to get like in that resentful place of like, because I could be taking calls and working on my own stuff. I just didn't feel ethically right doing it at work. Mm-hmm. So that's when it it is a balance, and it, and it's absolutely it's um it's a gray area, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think at some point or another, if you're an entrepreneur, you probably you know did a little side hustling on yeah. the, on the company's time, yeah. You know, um, and then you can justify it because you went to this or that on a Saturday, maybe. Totally, you I know? try to work, I try to work at all sorts of ways. You know, I'm so like, you well, I'm on German time. I yeah, can actually yeah, yeah. start at five a.m. and then I could like start working yeah. on American projects later. It was. <laughs> It, the, the I reality went crazy. of it is the reality of it is is that um, you do it because you're probably not being challenged. Mm -hmm. You know, of course. And I, I, I mean, I personally, I think that's what ultimately sets people on a different path is they're not being challenged in their current current situation. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're finding other outlets to. My mind is working. You know, and either you're going to occupy it with activities and things like that, or you know. I'm right. going to go work on some other things. So I think, you know, there is a responsibility for management to make sure that you get, that you're, you know, keeping productive and everything else. But yeah, obviously 
You want to keep all that at a minimum. And then hopefully in some situations, and I've heard this from a lot of people, and I'm a little bit surprised because I don't know if I would have been able to have this conversation with, with my management team when I exited corporate. But some people have said, yeah, you know what? I've had a long relationship with this this person for 15 years. They trust me, they, you know, and everything else. And they recognize that I'm an asset, but they really care about me and they know that this is probably the next step for me to grow personally and to start consulting and start building the business, you know? So hopefully, you know, people, when you're crossing that chasm, if you will, um, you know, you're, you're being honest and you do take that opportunity to sit down with people in the organizations and you, and you create an exit plan. I just think that if you exit in a selfish way, yeah. I think that whatever your next venture is could be impacted by your yep. decision to leave something irresponsibly or in, you know, maybe taking something. So I made sure that I put myself in the best position ever to leave. And it actually, I still have a really great relationship with them. Doors open and you probably have been sending business back and forth, you know, to yeah. some extent. Absolutely. You know, or conversations or something. Absolutely. I still get contacted to this day by the sales team. Um, you know, but I definitely, uh, I gave a lot of notice. I let them in completely on my plan on, mm -hmm. you know, going into the event yeah. world. They thought that was the best for me. Good. They could not fulfill the position that I felt the company needed. Okay. And, you know, and they didn't plan on it. They really, and I, and so what happened was, is that, you know, they had some ethical policies sure. and they couldn't, you know, hire me right away. But yeah, I definitely do consulting work okay. um, with the sales team now on event planning on a contractual basis for the company that I left because they didn't feel they needed the role full time, which they didn't need it full time, but they needed some kind of bridge in marketing because marketing and events when you're talking about giving people experiences in branding is is definitely like something that you can't just of just a marketing team can do in just an event planner can do it's a, it's a marry of two it's a transition it is and it's a marry of two skills that not many people not, not a lot of people have and I'm an event marketer and that's exactly right. what I do um and it's a, a high value so they couldn't really offer that to me and so now I do contractual work and, and and that's fantastic. And the relationship is still there. And at the end of the day, it sounds like that was the natural progression. And I feel like, you know, everybody's probably in a better position because of that. Right. Yes. So, but to that point though, is there's a lot of other situations that aren't like that, totally. you know, and we need to, we need to be cognizant of it and we need to do our best on our behalf to, to create situations where people are proud of you to move on because you do. You know, no matter what happens, if you go and work at a corporation, you know, that's that's never going anywhere. Somewhere, somehow, some ways, you know, you're going to be answering questions, you know, about that. Yeah. You know? So my advice to you is leave on good terms. Yes. You never know. Never burn a bridge, I guess, is what we're trying to say here. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. And I mean, I think we've all learned those lessons too in our life. And yeah. so, yeah, I just, I made it a point that, you know, I was going to move into my next phase of my career for myself. And, tw and then I did that in the beginning of 2019. Um, I actually, my last day at my job was um, the day before New Year's Eve of 2018. Okay. So it was very like, even just like that whole new year, new me, like it truly was. It was like, I put so in So it was my like paper. a perfect time for it you was. as well. It was, yes. Um, I can I can remember whenever my transition uh, was was very similar, right? Where I'm working for a startup, and you know I'm running their sales team, etc. 
one of the business partners breaks off. He calls me up. He's like, Greg, you know, I'd love for you to set up this lead generation and head up some sales for me in my organization. And then right there, I'm kind of like caught between two people, right? And, you know, I gave it some, I gave it a lot of thought. And basically, I was very fortunate because the business partners, they, they left amicably, right? So they were able to talk and they were able to create, you know, an agreement and basically split my time, right? That's amazing. And then what even makes it more amazing is they took me off of the, okay, you're no longer, you know, like the W-2, you know, you're going to be a contractor, you're going to, you know, yes. these type of things, you'll bill that us. 1099, okay, yeah. You know, and it's, this them. was all a new experience for me, things mm-hmm. like that. And I was very, very fortunate that the person that was ultimately, you know, the, the business partner that broke off brought me on board after I got him up and running these type of things, you know, and he's like, Hey, you should package this. Right. You know, he's like, he's like, I, I, yeah, I feel bad. You're, you know, and he's like, yeah, you should package this. And, and that's what we did ultimately, you know, so not every, so it, at some point it becomes selfish on, the leader's role. Absolutely. Because they see a lot of potential. Yeah. And they're and they're using it and they're taking advantage of mm-hmm. it. There there's just gotta be a boundary. And the guy knew he to some extent he's like, Okay, I'm getting a lot of value from this guy and he realized it, you know, and it was it was a it was kind of a joke, you know. Yeah. And that's how it happens. But it's the people that will just sit there and just let you keep going as you are, mm-hmm. not not encourage you, not develop you, not try to you know encourage you to be a leader or what have you. You know, I think those are the people you got to watch out for. In I agree. I totally yeah. agree because I I look at things so differently now. Now that yep. I've had that support, like I vowed and I'm just like I want to be everyone's like partner in something, not necessarily yep. someone's like boss or I just like hey, I want to help you help me like. And that's why I think I just do so well with you and Tony. Like, it's just such that environment. Like, I don't feel like it's just, yeah, it's just such a good, it's such a good energy. It's such a good vibe for all of us. Like, yeah, we've obviously all learned like what we don't like or like, and it just, yeah, it fits together so nicely. Well, yeah. And that's, that's a great uh, kind of segue then, <laughs> then into uh, what we have going on. Uh, with Tony P's networking events, uh, I kind of want to understand. I don't know if I ever asked you, like, what your take was whenever we started having conversations, and really what got you interested into working with us. You know what your experience was like before that in the whole networking scene in Chicago. You know, so let's start there. So now, now you're doing some consulting, some business. You got your four major clients, but you're an entrepreneur. That's never going to be satisfying enough. All right. So now it's kind of like, okay, how do I get into the networking scene in Chicago? Yes. Right. So my okay. first move was buying my first ticket to a Tony P networking event. No, really? Honestly, I was like, I need to network and like get out there more. And I, like I said, I left my last company because I didn't want to travel. So I'm like, I need to, you know, and it, not that events don't travel. Sure. There's like conferences that happen right. in like Vegas or whatever the case is, but 
being at work all day long Mm -hmm. and then also traveling. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. You know, I'm at the office. I'm literally living for work. But anyway, if I could work from home mostly and be flexible with my time and I'm just traveling once a month Mm -hmm. or whatever, fine. Um, Anyway, so I'm like, the best way to put myself in front of all these like Chicago offices and these people here Mm -hmm. is to go and network with other entrepreneurs, whatever, where, who knows where this could like lead. Right. And there was a lot I wanted to still learn and I'm just still open to opportunities. Like, just like maybe contracting with another company and like doing okay. maybe not even events for them, but like some kind of marketing. Like I was very open. I'm brand new out here. I'm doing freelance, you know, event yeah. planning. I'm like, okay, give me money wherever, you know, mm-hmm. let me meet people. So, um, yeah, I started, I started going to your guys' events Really, and I okay. remember thinking like, this is so, this is so nice. These like networking events. Like I, they're selling these tickets. Like I wonder how much they're made. Like I started to ask myself as that's just okay. how I, my brain manages and works. Like, okay, you know, like they're, they're throwing these events and like, that's awesome. And, um, and I met like some, you know, some people I did work with, Mm -hmm. with you guys, like, um, not you guys, but I met, I was successful. Mm -hmm. I ended up learning a lot and meeting people and connecting myself. And I, I want to say that I grew a Chicago network like within a year. Wow. Really? Really putting myself out there, being at events constantly all the time. Um, you know, I, um, did some work with Chicago scene magazine, which mm-hmm. that really excelled me to like more of, um, promoting events, which was okay. like probably the only area I didn't have a lot of experience okay. in promoting, like, Managing like, at, like ticket sales, like, okay. like those types yep. of things. Like that was where I didn't have that experience. Cause when you're managing corporate events, you don't really sell tickets like because the conferences are usually internal and you know those aren't really a part of it and also with trade show booths like i'm designing booths and yes i'm with a team already i'm not selling tickets to the entire trade show Mm -hmm. that's not that's also a confusion when i speak with people about what i do they're like oh you do like you throw trade shows i'm like no um i do like i do the booth design and the marketing strategy yeah it's it's kind of like a pop-up event so um yeah. Anyway, so I just, uh, yeah, I got like that email, you know, and that like promotional event experience. Okay. And that is what like segued us into working together is because I, well, I was always at events. You guys always saw me and it was like, I have a, an eye for planning events and I have that need to bring people together and to help yep. and to be a part of things. And it just... I mean, I grew a, a huge Chicago network, like within a year, putting myself out there. So that that's incredible. So it, one, I honestly, I did not know that. Like when you <laughs> decided to turn on and like acknowledge, okay, I need to get out and network, right? You weren't just kind of like, you know, going with somebody that you were hanging out with for the evening, you know, like you said, nope, it was purposeful. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so at any rate, I had no idea that when you made that decision to, to, Pay money for a ticket. You chose Tony P's network. I did, and I wrote all the events in. Uh, I'm somebody who still writes in a calendar. Um, then not now. Okay. But, uh, I I remember writing all the events, like all the networking events in Chicago, like in, in Insider's Edge. Like I remember mm-hmm. writing them in my calendar. Like okay. at that time, and I was like, I'm going to commit to like two to three networking events a month, and then just attend like as many galas as I can attend, and like just get myself okay. in front of decision makers. Okay. So this is a little bit of a unplanned uh, conversation here, because yeah. but I'm very, very interested in this uh, in your experience here because you went at it purposefully. You started you you designed uh, kind of a, a schedule for yourself to do the networking events, etc. Yes. And now here, a year later, you can you can confidently say, "Hey, 
I got a very solid Chicago network because I made, I went out and I did all this. Yes. Okay. Like a huge one. Like I can't, my phone doesn't stop actually sometimes from people who are just always asking for, you know, my take on events or whether that's like a podcast or a virtual event to social media management, mm-hmm. content, like, like it doesn't stop now. So the reason I want to dig into that a little bit is because you'll get a mixed bag when you ask people about networking. Okay. Some people swear by it. You know, mm-hmm. other people like, yep, never find anybody, you know, too interesting or what have you. Gave it up 10 years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Wow. Right. So um, where we always look at it with the science of business development, we look at it as touch points. Right. And we see networking as one of those activities. That's a touch point, you know, to either get in front of a person that you're in the process of, you know, uh, selling. Mm hmm. Or get in front of a person that has gone away for whatever reason. And it's a great way to re-engage. Yeah. Right? And then, or to get in front of like completely new people. You know, right. so there's a lot of ways to look at it. And and I think the, I think where a lot of the, you know, the miscommunication uh, is or the misperceptions or uh, is people don't go into it with a purpose. Right? They don't go to the networking event saying, hey, you know what? I need to meet five new people, you know, or they don't go into it saying, Hey, you know what? I've been meaning to reach out to so-and-so for a while. I need to get re-engaged with them. And this could be a really good way to like just a real soft way. Hey man, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to head over to this networking event. You should meet me. How casual is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, so the, the idea behind it is to leverage it as a tool and as a touch point to fit, the purpose that you defined for it. Absolutely. And here's my biggest, like what I tell, and I don't really tell people this, but like for me, my biggest part is the follow-up afterwards, like really in purpose, like with purpose following Mm -hmm. up because I've met people who have no business. Like we don't, we don't, we're not a good fit, but they know someone. Right. And then they introduced me to somebody who is like a big deal in event planning in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. They needed help. They hire me on to help. And then mm-hmm. I get exposure mm-hmm. and I'm helping other people. And then you know, it's just, it's just constant. Like you don't know where it's going to lead. Like going to your guys' networking event is where I met, um, you know, like kind of like my first like intro into like the promotional mm-hmm. events, which was with Chicago scene magazine, like mm-hmm. that I was very open and there was follow up, not on my end, but like, I, but I made it like very like, yes, I will make time to meet you to do this, to discuss this. It was like, of yes. I mean, the follow up is really important. After always, those events. Always got to be following up, mm-hmm. you know, and keep those relationships warm. Um, and that's part of that's part of networking, and I think that's also one of the other misconceptions. Networking's long game. You know, you're not going to go there to ink a deal. So anybody that tells you anything else is, you know, uh, misguiding you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going there to cultivate new relationships, okay? And new relationships take time to develop. And once you meet those individuals, then you connect on social media. If there's something really interesting going on then you go and have a coffee you yeah. know if you know they're just an interesting person and it's kind of hey you know what over time i think we'll probably learn more about each other and maybe we'll figure out ways to do business connect with them on you know linkedin or what have you right you know like their post engage with them you know and that's where the long game becomes you know valuable because i can i can't tell you the countless amount of people that you meet at networking events 
you engage, you follow them on social media. And then one day out of the blue, you see a post of theirs and it's like, man, that is something I'm working on right now. That makes a lot of sense for me right now. And you reach out and like, hey, tell me more about this. Let's see if we can collaborate. Yeah. You know, and you're off to the races and it's it's someone that you met in person. And that's another thing about the networking events, right? Like you're meeting people in person. Yeah. That today, that currency is, is off the chart, you know, uh, for obvious reasons. Right. You know, but the but yeah, you gotta leverage the fact that, man, I actually met this person in person. Because if you think about your new business development over the last six months, how many of those new people did you actually meet in person? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so at any rate, um, going on about that uh, in the networking events, we know it's a touch point. We know it's a tool. It's exciting. I remember the first time I met you uh, was at the Fremont event. Yeah, what and, I was. <laughs> and it was it was it was so awesome because it was it was a crazy it was one of our crazier events. Mm-hmm. One like that was our model show showcase. Right, so yeah. we had all these models there. We were building a runway. We had all these people that were speaking and reducing. We had all these wardrobe changes all over Fremont. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, yeah, you showed up, and you just started like you just dove right in, you know. And I'm like, I, I sit back. I'm like, wow, this this guy's awesome. I'm like, because I've been running registration, which is like one of the hardest things to do if you've ever totally. done a networking event. And, uh, and yeah, you just dove in, you just went right to it. And like, after the fact, I'm just like, uh, who are you? What's your name? (laughs) And, uh, when can we have a cup of coffee? Because we, (laughs) you, you did well in this environment. So that was my first impression of you. I don't know if you remember that, but then we had coffee not too long after that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Tony was like, yeah, I mean, come, you know, we could use help. And I really just wanted to, you know, Tony and I already worked on a couple events together mm-hmm. with other like promotional, you know, right. Cause I had that relationship with Tony already because I was promoting events right. and I was learning and he was someone who kind of like started to teach me a little bit here and there. And then I just started to like, kind of, yeah, I was already going to your guys' events. It made sense for me to like help you guys out. And I wanted to learn some of the backgrounds and, um, cause that, you know, as I'm not ashamed to say, which, I, you know, and I do like to act as if a lot, but that was yeah. one area you just can't fake it till you make it is like, you know, event promoting, like selling tickets. No, you need to have a network. You need to have a following. You need to have engagement. You need to have all those things. You need to have an understanding of how email marketing works, social media ads. Like you need an understanding of, of content creation that comes in with that. So, um, you know, I've always been wanting, I'm, I'm someone who likes to just learn as much as I can. And so, yeah, it yeah. made sense for me to connect with you guys and, and, and just be involved in a bigger level. So so now I would say that's something I picked on picked up on really quickly is I, and I, I always say this in every show is givers gain, you know, and you just had a you had a total like I see a situation, you know, I'm gonna jive in, I'm gonna I'm gonna help with this and everything else. And that's that's the way it's been, you know, all along and it's been a, it's been amazing. And now, you know, you purposely uh, networked right? You knew you wanted to get involved with the Tony P's networking events, you know, and you, it's almost like you designed all of this and now, <laughs> and now here you are sitting in the seat, you know, getting to tell the story. So it's almost full circle. Yeah, you know, it, what, is, it is. How full amazing circle. is that? Right. Yeah. It was really great when, it, especially when I started working with Tony, I'm like, 
other events I was promoting and I needed his help. Like it just made so much sense when him and I came to that, like, what are we doing? Why am I not on the Tony P team? Like, why are we not utilizing her in this way? And for me, like, you know, is, is, you know, we all run our own companies. I still have, you know, what I do at the conferences. I Mm -hmm. still have what I do at the trade shows and doing the networking events for me is like the funner, like mm-hmm. the like the 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 fun part because it's not like these customized huge designs that are right. taking place that I'm like that are you know they take a lot of energy out of me. They're like the fun way to 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 get in front of people, hang out, and you know hang out with my favorite people. Yeah, really create a tight knit community. Yeah, here. and still have like it's 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 a side hustle kind yep. of you know. So. We talked a little bit earlier. Obviously, things have changed in this day and age, and we've made a big change ourselves. Um, So just curious to hear your perspective on on how things are going. So we've launched Tony P's uh, virtual networking event. Mm -hmm. So that was was a bit of a journey because when we were doing live events, massive events, lots of energy, and me, you, and Tony – we're kind of all, you know, we're we're loud. We're all, you know, we're connectors. We want we want to create that community. We want to make people happy. You yeah. know, we're host, right? And and then we have to go online. Yes. Uh, and because for because our audience, there's people out there that need this network and need an outlet. They need connections. They need to do business development. And this was a major channel for them. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, for, for us, like putting the, putting the events, it's kind of like, oh man, that, that really stinks, you know? But when it really kind of like hit us hard is when people are coming to us being like, hey, you know, we, I look forward to those events every month because I walked away with a stack of business cards yeah. that I worked very hard <clears throat> and that was my lead generation source. Yeah. And now it's like they've had to get creative and everything else. And a lot of people are getting creative. And now we've launched the Tony P virtual networking event. Yeah. So because we want to keep people connected. Of course. Totally. So how do you, uh, yeah, help well, us I understand mean, your take on that. So I was, I mean, I think we're all in agreement, you, myself okay. and Tony, that we were trying to avoid maybe going virtual. We were right. hoping a few months, pandemic, we'll be back at it. Yeah. No big deal. Um, the harsh reality is that that was not the case, right. you know? And so we were like, okay, we want to remain relevant and we right. still want people to connect. And so, you know, I was nervous of course, okay. because I have mentioned before, like in, you know, in situations in, in front of 400 people, I can talk and be out there and be loud. And then you get me in front of zoom or like a camera and I'm like, I am nervous <laughs> and like so weird, but it is the truth. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm real excited to offer the virtual yeah. events because I just think even after COVID, I do believe that people just might not want to go and take an evening to come out Very and true. network yep. and, and, and what if they're in the burbs and drive to the city? Plus it makes our reach, you know, more, um, you know, like national, yep. um, because people can join us from wherever. And I just, you know, that, so I'm excited to get into it. Um, I know we were trying to just kind of sided and like go and do whatever but that it's didn't work out that way and i'm happy it kind of yeah it's a it's there's a lot of silver linings to covid 
And yeah. this is one of them is us really getting creative. And I also think it's forced a lot of people to get really creative. Yes. And, you know, they're networking and like, I'm much more comfortable today on camera and doing stuff. I mean, I swear because of Zoom. Yep. Swear on it because of Zoom, like, because I've had to like just be uh, up in there, and then I have my kids in in the camera. So, you know, I'm I'm just I think it's a lot of there's a lot of greatness to to what we're doing uh, virtually, and I I want it to continue after COVID. And and yep, uh, totally am with you on that, and that's been my experience too. Where I mean, I'm an in person, I'm a you know, I like the I like the events that we were doing, Same. you know. So it was a it was definitely a, a change of pace, but. We got into the online events, and now, I mean, my eyes are so wide open, yeah. like to to the potential with all of the stuff, like you said before, national. Mm-hmm. So think about that in terms of your own business development opportunities, right? If you were one of those individuals that were going to the local networking events, like things like that, you know, now's the time to start working on an infrastructure or a process that allows you to use, you know, the tools like Zoom to reach out nationally, right? Yeah. Because here's one thing that also is a could be a little bit of a silver lining. Obviously, there's not as many in-person meetings, you know? They're on Zoom. So there's no travel to and travel from. Right. Okay? So depending on how you look at it, I mean, that's time that you could be reallocating to, you know, more Zoom meetings. And that's where we're at right now. It is. So as far as like the in-person, um, yeah. You, you could do, for every three Zoom meetings you can do, maybe you can pull off one in-person meeting. Right. So knowing that, use it to your advantage and roll with it. Yes. It would be my advice on that. Absolutely. Join a Zoom networking event if you haven't. I mean, yep. I, I miss in-person probably mm. more than anyone out there. I like dressing up. I like being loud and just like in the mix. I love chaos. I love making order out of chaos. Like, yeah, there's a problem. Uh, you know, the kitchen's on fire. Like I'm into that. Like I'm here for it. But I, yeah, the zoom, I mean, I'm, I'm getting very comfortable now with the camera and I'm getting really great. comfortable. So there's just so many great things and so many connections I've made in this time and can, ideas and things that are just coming to life. A- absolutely. And, and yep, just that. So now we have plans to go national. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to set up a lot of these uh, micro networking groups all throughout the U.S., uh, different industries, different cities, the cities that seem to have the most vibrant community that, you know, similar to Chicago, you know, those are where we'll probably take our next live events because yeah. we know this is only temporary. Yes. Right? And we'll be ready for it when it happens because we're keeping our foot on the gas and we're keeping our eye on the ball, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I would suggest for everybody is to figure out how you can build processes and infrastructure online efficiencies so that whenever things are back to, you know, normalcy, whatever, yeah, you know, you're, you're not starting from scratch. I know. I, I mean, and abandoning then, your, your Facebook, your business page, abandoning your Instagram is probably the worst thing you could have done during yep. this time is because you really want to pivot with that engagement. However, that may be. I mean, even mm. if you're just discussing, you know, <laughs> what you've been through in this time. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own story. Now I'm ready to pack my bags and take Tony P's national in-person events because um, now I've been home too much. So as much as I didn't want to travel before, I'm ready to go because I've just been home with the we're, children. We're, <laughs> We're absolutely going to work on all of that. Yeah. So, Shannon, thank you 
so much for coming on. This has been just an absolute pleasure. Um, it was so awesome learning about your history, your experience. Uh, you have answered so many like outstanding <laughs> questions in my mind, you know. So thank you for that. Um, before we go though, I do want to leave. Uh, I want to know what's what's going to be next for Shana. I know that you're you're working with us and everything else, but as an entrepreneur, you, you're not sitting still. <laughs> No. And that's what that's that's what I love about you. So what's what's happening next? Um, well, it's not even next. It's kind of happening now. Okay. I just launched um, a more. I can't get away from the in person touch, um, even in this time. Okay, but I have recognized the need for experiences still. Okay, um, experiences with a more intimate crowd, w- okay. whether that be in your home with your own family or just I don't know about you guys, but I'm somebody who values my friendships my girlfriends and so we already get together Mm -hmm. like at someone's house that's already happening okay i um pivoted into my my pandemic pivot is what i call it pandemic pivot yes oh my god did you make that up no my my business partner did with my new company and um so I started to elevate more intimate experiences with a company that we just launched called Picnic Parlay. Picnic Parlay. Yes. And that nice. is with my business partner, Kelly Elliott. Um, and we have launched this really awesome picnic styling indoors or outdoors um, that you can do with COVID guidelines right now up to 10 people, but like in real time will okay. be up to 20, but it's to enhance like those really intimate relationships from date nights in your home to date nights on the beach in the park when the weather gets warmer. Um, you know, really elevated luxury picnic pop-up events. No, that's that's amazing. And it's super fun and cute, and I love it. It's still my style. So. Yeah, and Shana was showing me some pictures earlier. These are <laughs> absolutely amazing. You're setting up these incredible themes that look so comfortable, so fancy, so beautiful, in the comfort of someone's home. It's a way for you to still be around other people and kind of bring in the event to you yeah. because you can't really go out and experience yes. to some extent. Right. Yeah. And I think what you'll find is there's a lot of advantages to having the event coming to you and yeah. not having to go out to experience. I'm it. literally the target audience for this. Yeah. And like, I have not ever done social events, meaning social events are like weddings, birthdays, I'm not someone who's ever experienced that kind of event planning. I've been corporate. I've been to conferences, trade shows. Like, that's me. That's not going to die. But, like, so when that comes back, I'm ready for it. But these intimate gatherings, like, I'm the target audience for that. I love my friends. Like, I love having little things to do at home. A date night set up at your home. Like, I love it. So I'm real excited that I'm somebody who is now going to offer that service at a time like this. And I think I have such a, a, you know, an eye for design and decor. Mm -hmm. uh, That's always been in me since my Punky Brewster days. So, (laughs) so I just circle back to Punky Brewster where it all started. Yeah. I think that, you know, it was just a natural transition for me to, to do something like this. And I don't think it's going to go away after COVID either. I think people still appreciate those, those intimate gatherings, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Yep. No matter what. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And it seems like such an amazing uh, business and an opportunity. Um, as you described it, I'm sure you got a lot of people interested. How yeah. do they contact you if they want to go on one of these awesome experiences? Okay, so I am like Instagram heavy. Okay. So my Instagram is at Shana Marie's. Um, that is Shana, S-H-A-N-A, Marie with a Z at the end. Um, and then my new business page is Picnic Parlay. Um, 
And it's just at Picnic Parlay. That's on Facebook. That is also the IG handle. And also the website is picnicparlay.com to learn what I've been up to. Um, but yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, all my social media accounts, um, Shana Marie. And that is the way that anyone can kind of like keep in the loop, talk with me directly. And whether you're doing a picnic or you want to discuss some content, whatever the case is, I'm, I'm your girl. And if you ever want to talk or see Shana, you can always join a Tony P's yes. virtual networking event. Um, so thank you so much. This was amazing. I really appreciate you coming in me and too. sharing this, this story. And I'm so excited about what's to come. It was great to hear about all these elements of business development and sales and marketing as you journeyed through your career from being part of the yearbook to having uh, children at an early stage in life to keeping the eye in, on the ball and going and hustling with all of these different organizations and then going to school and all these different things. Yeah. It's just an amazing you know, journey. So, and I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on the team here and I'm thrilled for what's going to come next for you. Big thanks. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Greg, for having me here. I think we'll have to flip it and reverse it here and I'm going to have to interview you. This was so, um, like informative (laughs) for us to like do this. So thank you. I appreciate you bringing me on. Thank you. This has been Greg DeKalb with the Science of Business Development. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I hope you learned a lot. If you need to reach out, you can find our contact information at the bottom of the page. And then also feel free to join us on our Tony P virtual networking event anytime. We'd love to see you and meet you. Thank you.